Sound Design. Hello. Sup. Hey, Nathan. How you been? Good. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. And you, me? Yeah. Yeah. Why does everybody say that on a Skype call? Skype's more high tech than a phone, right? Um. I guess, but. Uh... I'm just realizing Experience. that I always, we always say that when we start a Skype call, but it's like we don't trust it at all, you know? Yeah. Can you hear me? Are you there? Well, we're obviously going to do another interview where we talk about Dimitri and Cirque du Soleil, but let's talk about speaker coverage. Okay, sure. It's been a few years since I... Uh, yes, uh, this is funny because this is sort of like old news to you. Um, sure. A couple years ago, I discovered your consistent coverage uh, blog post where you, where you made a little formula and you put it into an Excel spreadsheet. And with it, you had the promise of being able to, in one step, find speaker coverage. Or that was the idea that I had. So yeah, I well, used it on... Well, what, what loudspeaker... Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll just let you continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let me just finish the story, and then sure. um, you can you can tell me everything I did wrong. So, I immediately wanted to use it on a project because I, I thought this was exciting. Um, the reason this is exciting for people who have never played around with Map Online Pro or um, finding speaker coverage for a space or doing sound system design is that normally what you do is you maybe do some measurements, draw out a triangle, figure out what the angle would be at the speaker's position, and then do a prediction and make corrections and map online pro. And the idea is that this calculator would get you a lot closer. You could take out some of the guesswork, I guess is what I'm saying. So I used it on a project and it helped. And then I made a, a short blog post about it. Um, and that was a couple of years ago. So I was just going to repost that this week. And I was just going to copy everything over. And then I realized, you know what? I should come up with a better example of how to use this. So then I sat down, got on Map Online Pro again, uh, made up some new settings, made up a new prediction plane, just like made up an area to cover with speakers. And then I started trying to use the formula and I realized it wasn't kind of going that well, but I was sort of massaging the results and, and using it anyway. And then I was almost f- finished with the post and I was about to publish it. And I realized that in the end, I didn't use any of the results from the calculator. And at, at the end of the post, I was writing, here's why I didn't use this result. Here's why I didn't use this result. Here's why I didn't use, use this result. And it was because with every one, I would try out the result and it would be um, not exactly right, not exactly what I wanted. And I would end up changing things. So then I was like, you know what? I didn't actually use a calculator at all. Let me call Daniel and find out what's going on with this calculator. When, when can we actually use this calculator? Um, what's going on with these calculations? And so I called you and you, right away, you emailed me another formula that you had that is a little bit more appropriate for these kinds of applications. And then I actually made some changes, and I'm going to send that to you now. But anyway, thanks for letting me tell my story, and you can tell me why that's funny that I found that after you posted it and used it like that. Sure. This is uh, something I made um, when I, I first read Bob McCarthy's book and was looking at an example he had for uh, listening planes where basically your farthest seat is twice as far from the loudspeaker as your closest 
seat. If it's more than twice as far, it's really difficult to cover that plane with a single loudspeaker. Right. So this was looking at, uh, in the most extreme case, how can we get uh, consistent coverage from a single loudspeaker? Um, and so what this calculator assumed was that you would be pointing the loudspeaker at the back of the plane to compensate for that uh, attenuation over distance with axial attenuation. If it's 6 dB quieter just from distance at the back of the plane, make it 6 dB quieter because you're 6 dB off axis at the front of the plane, and every seat in between should be, you know, kind of within that plus or minus 3 dB or, or hopefully a little bit less. And a lot of the trig is about finding that loudspeaker coverage angle based on the length of the listening plane, the distance to the loudspeaker from the back, and the distance to the loudspeaker from the front, with the assumption that you might go into a venue with a laser measure, and those are the only three things you're able to measure. But it, it's assuming this very specialized case, which is your the rear of your plane is about twice as far as the front of your plane. And because that should it should kind of get you no variance. Mm -hmm. It means that if it's a little less than twice as far, you'll get more variance, but you'll still be pretty close. However, there there's a better way of doing this. Um, and this is is something that uh, you know from the horse's mouth. Bob McCarthy told me about in October of 2012 in, in person, which one case is the front of the listening plane and the rear of the listening plane are the same distance. Now we in intuitively know that we're going to point the loudspeaker at the middle of the plane, right? Right. Um, Which because, so you can think about that with like dance clubs, I think, where that's you could just have a speaker right above you. Sure. Yeah. Or, or um, you know, there there are some theater shows uh, or things in live venues for television where the loudspeaker needs to be really high up rather than in front of the the listening plane. So we're going to point it in the middle, and now. Uh, the loudspeaker coverage can just be whatever that angle on the triangle is uh, because it will be 60 B at either edge of the plane and it will be zero, minus 60 B at either edge of the plane. It will be zero dB in the middle, relative decibels, of course, not dB SPL. Then uh, this is also more efficient because if we're pointing the loudspeaker at the back of the listening plane, half of the energy is going up into the air and either getting absorbed or uh, bouncing around or or something, and we're not really thinking about that. So what Bob was looking to do was figure out uh, how to, as the farthest point on the listening plane goes from equal to the nearest point in distance to twice as far, which are the, the bounds of, of listening plane distance ratios that will get covered by a single loudspeaker, how do we compensate for that in both where, where we point the loudspeaker and... Uh, what the coverage of the loudspeaker is. It's just compensating for as the back of the audience plane gets uh, farther away from the loudspeaker relative to the front of the audience plane, um, we're going to gradually aim the loudspeaker toward the back of the audience plane so that as we're getting more attenuation over distance at the back of the audience plane, we're matching that attenuation with, with axial attenuation or, or pointing the loudspeaker away at the front of the plane. Um, and then as we move that loudspeaker toward the top of the plane, we need to increase the coverage angle of the loudspeaker. So 
that's all this new formula is doing. Uh, and it's, it has less trig because we're using the angle that the loudspeaker sees uh, because we assume that we're doing this in Map Online Pro or in AutoCAD or in you know whatever prediction software you use. So because of this conversation that you had and because of your love for Excel spreadsheets, we have all benefited because this latest one you sent me is very cool. It's very simple. It just asks for um, distance to the front, which would be the closest audience member seating position, and then distance to the back. And uh, then you ask for the angle from front to back. So you had coverage, you had coverage angle, and I found that I, I kept having to solve the triangle to find the coverage angle. So I changed coverage. I went ahead and put in the, the trig for coverage angle so that I, can, I could just put in the three distances. So I have distance to front, distance to back, and coverage length, like the audience plane. Oh, and cool. for there, solving for that angle. So that's, that's the trig from the first version of the calculator then. Okay, or, exactly. Or is it something similar, or did you? Uh, similar. I'm just using um, I'm just using cosine to find that inner angle. Okay. Um, neat. The the other thing about um, finding the angle uh, at the loudspeaker um, is pretty easy in Map if you uh, use the rotate tool because Map will tell you the relative rotation. So if you start it point it at the back of the listening plane and map, and then select it and rotate it about its center um, to the front, map will tell you at your cursor, you've just rotated this 25 degrees, and now you you found that angle pretty quickly. That uh, is a good point. This is the front, sorry, what uh, what is the front angle? You're, you're looking at the Excel spreadsheet, right? You're looking at the first line. So let's talk yeah. about balcony. Sure. So, uh, this I think is you sent me the picture of this yesterday. Exactly. So the distance from the speaker to the first row is nineteen point nine feet. Yep. The distance to the back row is thirty five point nine feet. Um, the coverage area where people are sitting, the area that I want to cover, is twenty point six feet. So we have all sides of the triangle now. Um, mm-hmm. The next number that I put in is that first. Uh, that first side of the triangle, the distance from the speaker to the front row. Uh, and I just open that up in Map Online Pro and see what the angle is. In this case, it's 139 because I started at the bottom and went towards the speaker. Uh, and I put that in so that then that would give me the angle of the rotation of the speaker itself. And that's the aiming angle for Map. Okay, I understand. So I just... Huh. I, I just added a little calculation so that I wouldn't have to keep doing that calculation myself. Yeah, um, that's, you know, lots of ways to skin a cat. The way I would probably do this is I would um, put the loudspeaker in at my position, assuming, uh, like we are here, that our loudspeaker position is fixed or dictated by something else, like, uh, uh, you know, that's where we can rig stuff. Uh, Or if we're just experimenting, um, I'd put the loudspeaker in there I'd put a measurement microphone at the back of the plane and use virtual sim to tell me how far away it is. Mm-hmm. Then I'd put a measurement microphone at the front of the plane and use virtual sim to tell me how far away it is since uh, virtual sim will tell you time to the microphone in milliseconds and will then convert that to feet. And then I would grab the loudspeaker and rotate it from pointed at the back of the listening plane to rotate it at the front and that would get me my uh, angle between front and back. 
similar things. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just not drawing the triangle. You can find relevant links and more information about today's interview by using the search box on sounddesignlive.com. Tell me if this is brilliant. I took out the step where then you have to look up what Meyer sound speaker covers what angles. I think I just kind of remember that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've, I've spent a little bit of time in Map Online Pro. Yeah, no, oh. of course. If you, but, if you use Meyer sound stuff all the time, that's, that's easy. And there's not that many speakers. As you can see on the list, maybe there's 15. But, yeah. um, but I always forget. And then I have to Google every time and figure out what's what. And it's just nice to see a quick list here. And it's not like people have access to all those speakers anyway. But if you want to play around with Map Online Pro and put in something that's close to the angle that you're looking for, then this is a quick way to do it. Also, because we use the word nominal in here, it's important to remember that uh, 50 degrees vertical means that that loudspeaker at some frequency or some range of frequencies is somewhere close to 50 degrees. But when you look at the actual loudspeaker data, it's going to vary from frequency to frequency, and it, it might be asymmetric vertically, right? Um, like one, one of my map online-isms is I always, when designing in section, I always uh, invert the loudspeaker and run a prediction at its crossover frequency um, with it inverted and with it not inverted. Uh, because uh, a loudspeaker with a single woofer and a single horn is going to have asymmetric coverage around its crossover. This is always going to be one of the weaknesses of trying to cover cover an area with a single speaker is that single speaker designs are always always have more fluctuation over frequency, right? Yeah, yeah. But in this case, we're mainly just talking about, we're looking at AK coverage in these designs because that's what the speakers are rated at at 8k yeah uh and this we're really using this as a starting point um and then looking at what that loudspeaker does in map online or in the field so you you could round down or you could round up or you could round to whatever's closest okay so what do you think about the last column the subdivision so let's see that that means So, I'll spare you this discussion on subdivision that goes on for several more minutes and just tell you that I think the thing Daniel and Bob and I all agree on is that once the distance to the back of your listening plane is more than twice the distance to the front, you need to start thinking about dividing coverage into multiple segments. Now, I'm not saying speakers, because those segments could be filled by various numbers and configurations of speakers. About how you do some of those things quickly and how you do some of those things by ear. Try to do drivers in the shop. Uh, playing pink noise and walking around the venue, it's it's pretty easy to hear what changes as you move around. If you hear a lot of combing as you're moving, then you need to spend more time managing the interaction between loudspeakers. Mm-hmm. And this could be as simple as my outfill and my mains uh, overlap too much. So I'm going to have... Uh, one of my colleagues go up to the outfill and just by hand, if it's on on the stage or if it's easily or if it's just a, a trick line, by hand I'm going to have them tow that loudspeaker out until they overlap less. Or if when I'm walking from my mains to my outfills, I lose everything above uh, 8k for several feet, then they're not overlapping enough. If you're 
walking front to back in a venue and suddenly you hear all of the high frequencies in a very narrow spot, this suggests that maybe the line array splay angles aren't uh, very well thought out for the venue and uh, there are some boxes at zero degrees relative to each other. And if you're doing a sound system tuning in 15 minutes, it's unlikely you're going to convince the crew to restack the PA. But it's one of those things that you can identify pretty quickly by just walking around and listening to pink noise. Can we pause for a second and talk about how not to do this? Because I saw a great example of this uh, last week. I've been doing a lot of hotel AV recently. Um, The projectionist comes in and he measures the height of the ceiling and measures the distance from his uh, projection screen to the projector, starts setting up scaffolding. Then he gets an image on the screen, and the image he puts on the screen is usually a grid. And then from there, he starts doing adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar with lighting. They come in, and they kind of measure how uh, high they can put their lights, the distance that that will be to the stage. Okay. They start making plans. Then the sound engineer comes in and the sound crew comes in and they sort of like eyeball the height of the speakers, just sort of like eyeball where it's going to point into the crowd somewhere. And then he starts playing U2. And then just sort of like maybe looking at some FFT lines dance in smart or walking around the room a little bit, but I'm like the sound engineer testing his sound system with U2 is sort of like a projectionist testing his screens with Star Wars. Sure. Yes, um, you laughed. See? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I actually, uh, I, I noticed this too. The, you know, like I really like uh, Billy Joel. The Rolling Stones or or something like that. And what it means is that I listen to this music all the time. I listen to it while I'm doing the dishes or I listen to it on my computer loudspeakers or uh, in my car uh, or wherever. And that means that my frame of reference for you know a, a, a Billy Joel song is all of these mediocre loudspeakers. And, and so I don't really know what to listen for because I've just heard it in so many places. And when I turn it on, I'm just going to be kind of happily nodding my head because I like, I like the, the rhythm of it. Exactly. You have an emotional connection to it. Right. So it's always so, going to sound good. Yeah. So my, my system test playlist, and I, I won't um, go into what the actual songs are because that, that's not important. It has a whole bunch of songs. Uh, each of which I've heard on a whole bunch of different nice loudspeaker systems, right? Or well-implemented full-range loudspeaker systems. And each of which has very specific spectral or rhythmic qualities. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite, there's something weird going on with the, uh, with the sub at 80 hertz, I'm going to play something with a walking bass in it, right, to, mm-hmm. to see what happens when we go kind of from the main to the sub. Or I, I'm the high frequency is a little bit brittle, so I'm going to go to this tambourine track to play, uh, not just a tambourine track, nobody wants to listen to that. <laughs> I'm gonna play it, but I'm going to go to this, this other track and I'm, I'm going to listen to things which are most analogous to what I'm trying to do here. 
I had a conversation with someone recently where they were telling me about why they liked a specific kind of cat because of all the dog-like qualities it had. Until finally I was like, well, just get a dog. It sounds like you really just want a dog. And I think it's kind of similar. Like you, you're looking for analogous ways to test the system. Just test the system. Again, ask 10 sound engineers and get 11 different opinions. All right, well, let's schedule... Uh, another time where we have a little bit more time and uh, you can tell me some more of your techniques and we can talk about some more of your calculators and we can talk about um, Cirque du Soleil and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. And uh, good luck with the blog post. I'll, I'll keep an eye out. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll trust you that uh, you're not going to put an audio recording of me up that is going to uh, terribly incriminate me or... Uh, terribly destroy my career yeah oh yeah you come in and and you're going to dub it so uh so the (laughs) question you asked is not the question i answered at all i'm a lousy public speaker in this case and i even caught myself up speaking at some points (laughs) i know it's really annoying so you could just edit out the up speaking and i pitched down my voice so i sound more masculine and confident all right man yeah have a good trip to las vegas Yep, keep in touch after holidays. All right, bye. Sound design. Hey, 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 this is Nathan. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed this episode of Sound Design Live, rate it it. on iTunes or send it to a friend.